get a big amen? Amen. Amen. Well, my title for today is called Can't Take Me Out. Anybody, can you say can't take me out? Now, I need a little bit more like sass. Like, what's a girl without a little sass? Say, can't take me out. You can't take me out. That's right. Can't take me out. You know, this week I have a few friends and they're all like, they're all pregnant. They're all about to have babies and it's their first baby. And so, you know, they're like so excited. They're ecstatic and extremely scared all in one. We've been there if you're a mom. And so we've been talking about all these things and talking about all things pregnancy, all things newborn, all things delivery. Hello. And so I've just been in that little season and conversations with all these amazing women lately and so excited. One just had her baby last night. And so these last couple weeks, it got me reminiscing and thinking about all of my pregnancies. I've had three. And so I was going back to Blair, our, my, uh, Kyle and I's very first. And when I, we were planning the church at the time and life was crazy, we moved to a different city. We knew nobody. We weren't from the place that we planted our church. God told us to go. We went. We thought we were going to open up our condo and all of Kansas City was going to say, thank you. We were going to be like, you're welcome, Kansas City. And let's just say that wasn't the story. The first day we opened our church, two girls showed up, still friends with them today. And then from there, went from two to negative two, back to 10 to negative 10, then to 20, then to 200. And then it just began to grow from there. But anyway, it was during all that time that um, all of a sudden I was like, let's let's, let's have our first baby. We got pregnant. I was so excited. I had all these expectations of what this first pregnancy was going to be like and let me just tell you that everything that I hoped this pregnancy would be it was not let's say I was like not just like kind of sick I was like really 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 sick like everyone's like you should be getting bigger you're getting skinnier what's really happening I was throwing up five times a day for seven months kind of sick It was not fun. It was not what I have dreamed of. And so at seven months, I go, I I went to the doctor and I was having some complications and she, I got put on bed rest. So I'm on on bed rest. We just bought this new house. And I'm just going to say, I know you probably have already figured this out, but I'm not the girl that just sits around very much. Like I'm a girl on the go. Okay. I got a plan. I got a purpose and I got a to-do list. And Kyle knows very well, if it's on the to-do list, I got to get it done. I'm like, I was not expecting to be laying in my bed for two months. Like, God, I don't want to do that. So I'm on bed rest. We've got so much going on. The church is growing like crazy. And then here we are. I go into the, to the uh, doctor on my birthday of all days, go into the doctor. She said, oh, baby, things have taken a turn for the worst. You're going to have to have emergency induction. And they said, you, I had preeclampsia, but it went to a platelet issue. It's a syndrome. And they said, you have this syndrome. It is, it, you, you've got to have this baby. Well, this wasn't just a random doctor's diagnosis because in my family story is one that has a lot of different chapters. And there was actually a death in my family. My little brother's mom died having him from this syndrome. So here I was, 
I was like, oh my gosh, fear is knocking at the door of my heart, my head, my thoughts, my emotions, you name it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? And so we get to the hospital. They start the induction. My Pentecostal mama shows up. Is there anybody with Pentecostal roots in the house? I'm laying in this bed. Kyle's in there. My mom's in the delivery room. And my mom is um, praying so loud that all of hell and the hospital was trembling. I mean, she is praying and I'm like, mom, you're making me more scared. Let me just say that. And I can remember her, like, I mean, of course, I mean, she's like pacing the hospital halls. I can hear her praying when she's stepping outside. I'm like, I'm just going to let my mama be. Pray for me, mom. And I remember that day sitting on that hospital bed at Advent Health, and I am sitting there, and I had to get with Jesus. Have you ever been in a place? Have you ever had a season or a story in your life where you just had to, like, I had to quiet the noise? I had a quiet, the loud, and I needed to get with Jesus. And I can remember this moment so clearly laying on the bed, all hooked up to all these things. Kyle's trying to be strong, and we're like, man, Lord, I said, I just want this baby to be healthy. And God, I I want this baby to be healthy. I want to make it. And I just said to God, God, this is not going to take me out. This is not going to take me out. And, you know, life is like that, right? We all find ourselves like in the, if you will, the hospital bed of life where you're laying in that moment in your mind, in your car, wherever you're at. But you've got to get with Jesus and you've got to determine this is not going to take me out. You know, the last few years, y'all, let's be honest, they have been wild, The last few years have been wild. When you think they can't get more wild, hello, they're getting wilder by the minute. And, you know, our faith journeys, if we're not careful, they can be like a wild roller coaster. We come into church. We want the awesome worship team to just take us to the crescendo of all moments where we feel the presence of God and all of our fears go away. We want pastor to come up and preach the pain off the walls and let us know that fear is not going to have a hold on us. We're going to walk in wisdom. We're going here. We're going there. And then Hello Monday hits. Has anybody been hit by a Monday? Right? And so we can be like that in our faith journeys as well. And when you give your heart to Jesus, maybe you're new to faith today. Maybe you came in here over the last year seeking wisdom, seeking help, seeking direction. I'm going to tell you this. Satan can't steal your salvation. But he will try to steal. He will try to steal your faith, your family, your marriage, your future. He will attempt to take you out. If you will let him. So in the words of the great theologian, L.O. Cool J. Mama said, knock you. Mama said, knock you. Mama said, knock you out. This mama today wants to give you a few things that you and I need to knock out so that life does not take us out. Say, can't take me out. 
Let's say it again. Say, can't take me out. What do you need to say to today? What's the diagnosis? What's the situation? What's the financial situation? What's the, the, the reality of your kid's life? What's the reality of your mental health? The reality of where your soul really is. That today, as a son and daughter of God, you need to rise up in faith just like David did when he looked at, the, at Goliath. And he walked up to Goliath and he said, I don't look good enough. I don't look strong enough. And I sure don't have the armor that everybody told me to wear. But I have been with the living God. I have been with the spirit of God. I have been with the lover of my soul. And if all I have is a rock in my hand, I know that that rock, when it's anointed by the spirit of God, has the ability to take out the Goliath, to take out the giant, so that it can't take me out. Can't take me out. So over the last couple years, man, we've seen a lot of people. I mean, I've talked to a lot of awesome people. They've, like, really let me know how awesome they are. I'm like, wow, you're amazing. They're like, mission, vision, values, this is who I am. I'm like, kingdom city forever. Like, I'm going to be your best friend. And then I'm like, where are you at? I look to my right. They're like, we're in this forever. We're going to fulfill the mission of God. We're so pumped for this. And then you turn around and you're like, where are they at? They ain't here anymore. Something along the way took them out from what their initial intent and focus was. So there are so many things right now, especially in the climate of the world. It's almost like people are just choosing. It's like, it's like an escape door. Do you know that diamonds are formed under pressure? And I just want to speak to some hearts today. I sense there's some pressure in some people's lives. And all you want to do is escape. Do you know escapism leads to cycles of sin, which leads to strongholds, which takes us out ultimately? And the one thing that I have learned, I don't know it all. I want to be better at 80 than I am today. I have so much to learn and to grow. But one thing that I have learned through some really, really, real, serious, complicated trials is that I'm going to stay under the pressure. I'm going to not let the pressures of life take me out of the God formation that he's trying to do on the inside of me in my faith life. And one of the things is discouragement discouragement I'm seeing take people out so much. They get high on their faith. They get inflated with courage in a moment, but then they found themselves now discouraged. Once the things, their heart, their life, their soul, the vision for their life, the vision for the church, the vision for reaching their community was filled with courage. And then a few life situations happened and all of a sudden they're finding themselves so discouraged. I want to encourage you if you're in that place today, don't stop. I want to encourage you today if you're like, it didn't happen when I wanted, how I wanted, or when, and I just feel discouraged. I'm praying prophetically today that the living God would fill you with fresh hope, that the living God would fill you with fresh patience, that you would be able to endure the heat, and that you would be called an oak of righteousness, that when everybody else is fading away, guess what? Not you. 
People aren't going to be like, where are they at? You're going to be like, here I am. Here I am remaining. Here I am planted. Here I am steadfast. Here I am bearing miraculous fruit that I don't even know how I'm bearing because it's not me. It's Jesus. Amen. Is there anybody in this place that's thankful for Jesus today? So I just want to say, write this down. Don't let discouragement stop your development. Or we could say it another way, don't let discouragement, more Christian words, stop your discipleship. What is discipleship? It's just following Jesus, looking more like Jesus, staying close to the hem of his robe, letting the dust from where he walked cover us, right? That's what it's all about. So don't let your discouragement stop your development. And just a little pro tip. Do you know what makes the difference between people say that and do that? Not gifting, not pedigree, not education, not money, not skill, choice. They choose. This last year has been a hotter year in the fiery furnace of life and leadership for Kyle and I than if you would have told me 12 months ago, I would have laughed at the things that we had to navigate. And you know what? When it got real, our faith had to get realer. And it was not for to lead our staff. There were, there were prices that we had to pay we couldn't tell anybody about. There were conversations that had to be had that we couldn't tell anybody about. It was private. It was private. And in the private places where we could have been so discouraged, we had to choose to take heart and to take courage and not let the discouragement stop our development. Scripture says it like this, Galatians 6, 9. So come on, church. Let's not get tired of doing what is good because just at the right time, say right time. At the right time. We will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we do not give up. I want to say, and we've heard it, and it's cheesy, and it's cliche, but guess what? It's real. If you don't give up, you win. If you don't throw in the towel, you got to harvest a blessing coming. That's not prosperity preaching. That's scripture. That's living out scripture. That's living out New Testament theology. So let us not grow tired. Maybe today you're feeling a little tired. I believe the Spirit of God is going to come alongside of you. And he's going to show you how to do relationships and how to worship and how to put the rhythms and the routines in real time in your life so that you begin to get a constant refueling happening so that your life can go the distance. You know what discourages people? I think more than anybody, and by people I mean me, you know what discourages me more than anything? Delays. Anybody else? Who in here just loves a good delay? I mean, I just love traveling and I get to like the, I get to like my connecting flight and there's a three-hour delay? Are you kidding me? I mean, I live in Kansas City. We don't live in Kansas City because um, there's traffic. We live in Kansas City because there's good barbecue and no traffic. Hello. 
So my kids go to school 45, they go to school in a different suburb from where we live. So let's just say the commute's a little long for us. So then I get the commute, and then I get back home. I got places to go, people to see, and then I get stuck in 30 minutes of traffic. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you can't take me out. I'm going to take you out today. And so delays, I mean, Amazon Prime. I know some of you, you've got an Amazon package. You're just waiting to get out of church to go home and see if it's on your doorstep. I mean, Kyle's like, another one today, babe? I'm like, yeah, another one. Just stop looking. You know, it'll, it'll help. It'll keep you sane, babe. But Amazon Prime, I mean, what's the deal with Amazon Prime? We love Amazon Prime, right? Why? Because it shows up in less than 24 hours. I mean, it's like freaky fast Jimmy John's. It's like, how are you already here? This is scary, right? But now Amazon Prime, it's not even like next day. It's like three days, and we're all so annoyed. We're like, it's supposed to be here tomorrow, right? And then it's like three days later, four days later. Kyle and I in 2020, we decided, okay, hello, quarantine, we need to get a new bed. It's time to graduate from queen size to king size. Can I get an amen in church today? Not for the reasons that you're thinking. It's because we're now a family of five. Well, actually a family of seven because we have two dogs that think our bed is their bed. I know, kind of gross, but it's real, y'all, okay? It's real at the Turner house. So literally our kids are pushing us out of the bed. So we decide we're going to go ahead. We're upgrading. We're going from queen. We're going to king. And I just have a little update for you. This bed that we ordered and we paid for, hello, it has not even arrived yet. We're still waiting on this bed. I'm like, you took my, my money. Where's my bed, people? Supply chain issues, right? Supply chain issues. We just bought a big building. We're going to have a, we bought 72,000 square feet. It's our third location. We're about, we really are buying about 150,000 square feet. It's amazing what we're doing. I've been in all these long meetings with all of our architects and our GC, and we're trying to figure out all of these bid documents so we can even take to the city, but we can't actually do it. Do you know why? Supply chain problems. Because the GC can't even get a number of what the materials will cost for us to get our final number. I feel like right now supply chain problems, they're like such an issue. I mean, hello, toilet paper in 2020. The world went up in arms about that, right? And you know what? God does not have a supply chain problem. He doesn't have a supply chain problem. He knows what you need, when you need it. And I just want to say, if he's not given it to you yet, don't grow weary. If he's not showed up yet, if that package hasn't arrived at your doorstep yet, don't grow weary. Delays are not denial. Delays are not the end of the road. Delays want to tell us that it's never going to happen to me. Here I am in the queen size life, and I'm ready to, ups uh, I'm ready to upgrade to the king size life. Let me tell you, God knows the perfect time for your life. Mature believers, they learn how to manage delays. Mature believers learn how to manage delays. So once the things that were once a high hope and now are a deflated dream, I want you to go back to God and say, God, I'm resurrendering this to you. God. What do you want to do with that? Let God speak to it. 
Let God encourage you. Let God breathe fresh life. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3 says it like this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie if it seems slow. God, I don't like slow. I want fast. But if it does, what do we do? Wait for it. Have you seen any of those story TikToks or Instagram reels where it's like it's something going on and then they just say, wait for it? It gets me every time. I like really wait for it. I'm like, it's going to be awesome. What is that baby going to do? You know? And so you're waiting for it. It's the same with God in his promises for our life right now. God has, he's made a reel for your life and he says, wait for it. Wait for it. Don't swipe to the next thing. Don't swipe past the story God's trying to write in your life. You need to wait for it. You need to lean in for it. You need to expect it. You need to prepare for it. You need to believe for it. You need to sow for it. You need to give for it. You need to praise him for it. Because praise prepares the way for God's promises to be fulfilled in our life. So if it's slow, what do we do? If it's slow, what do we do? We wait for it. Learning to wait on the Lord. I love believers that know how to wait on the Lord. I love believers with stories where they were found in the wait and they fell so in love with Jesus in the wait that they weren't just looking for a handout from God anymore, but they were looking to lean into the heart of God. Leaders and believers that lean in and catch the heart of God, I'm telling you, there's something about it. There's nothing on this planet Earth that can provide it. His heart attached to ours, there's nothing like it. I will walk through any valley if I can walk with Jesus. I will go and climb. We talk about like the high tops and like the mountain tops and all that, but who really wants to climb the mountain? Not me. It's 100 degrees outside, y'all. Have you checked? It's hot here. We got to our hotel yesterday. All the electricity went out and all the AC went out. We're like, no, we need the AC, people. It's 102 degrees. Getting to the high tops takes commitment, dedication, the lean in, and the wait for it. There's discouragement. There's delays. And there's also disagreements. Anybody here had a disagreement this morning with anybody? Wow, you guys are a holy church. This is awesome. I've got one honest person in the back. You guys are my people. But you know, disagreement has a way to derail destiny. I'm not going to belabor the point, but I want to say this. Disagreements that do not get settled in your own heart will derail your destiny. Forgiveness only takes one person. Reconciliation always requires two. You cannot control reconciliation. That's not your job. But your job is to control your heart. Your job is to get your own heart right, your own life right. Your job is to forgive the unforgivable. We all have to do that. Why? Because Jesus forgave the unforgivable in our own lives. Philippians 2 through 3, it's just like cut through the chase, 
Drop the mic. I like it. It says, now I appeal to you, Yodia and Santichi, please, because you belong to the Lord, not because you belong to a church, not because you belong to a certain family, no, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreements. And so I want to say to you, if you've got strife, the Bible says where there is strife, there is confusion in every evil work. Shut the door on the strife. Shut the door on the strife. Say, you know what, I can't control everybody else, but in my heart, I'm not going to allow polarizing opinions to stop my purpose. We're in a world today that polarizing opinions are driving the church apart. I would almost say tearing the church apart. And we have to choose not what we disagree upon, but what we agree upon. We agree upon the name of Jesus. We agree upon the blood of Jesus. We agree upon the grace of God. We agree upon that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We agree upon the Acts 2 church, that the spirit of God is still alive, that we don't serve a dead God, but we serve an alive God. And if we'll focus on not where we're polarized and we focus on what we can agree upon, guess what? We get further on our purpose. Pearl Street Church goes further, goes faster. It's more impactful. It's more miraculous. This place becomes a house of miracles. This place becomes in a greater magnitude a place where the lost are found and the broken are come and every echelon can come together in unity and humility and where there is unity, God commands his blessing commands his blessing so don't let polarizing opinions stop your purpose are you with me today can you say can't take me out can't take me out you know what you can't let doubt take you out we all have opportunity for doubt Every one of us. We all have opportunity to be like, you want to kick the tires and look around and speculate. Is this real? Is this really real? Is God's word really real? Is God really going to say what he's going to do? Are these people real? Are they just being fake? Is this a performance? Is this, what, what is this? And we all have the opportunity to let doubt take us out. And I just want to declare over this church. I want to declare over this, this community. I want to declare over your life that doubt is not going to take you out. That you're going to believe God. That you're going to trust God. That you're going to walk out the purpose purposes of God, that you're going to lean into the weight and you're not going to let doubt take you out. James 1, 6 says this, but let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. They're different this day and they're different the next day. The older you get, the more you admire consistent people. They're consistent people. They do what they'll say they'll do. Their yes is yes. Their no is no. If they have a problem, they don't cover it up. They come and talk about it. They walk in honesty, transparency, and humility. They're not driven by the waves. They just know what to do with their doubts. When they feel the doubt, they learn how to stomp it out. They learn what to do with doubt instead of doubt driving their life. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven You know, being driven is the worst feeling, right? 
And that's what doubt does. It tries to drive our life and toss us around. And tossing around is fun until you start feeling sick. And then you're like, okay, I'm done playing. No more of that. Right? And that's what doubt wants to do. It tries to drive you. It tries to take you places you were never destined to go. It tries to get you off course. And again, you have to choose in your life. You can't take me out. Where are the real Christians at? Where are the real believers at? Where are the real people that say that after my faith has been tested, then it will come out like pure gold? Oh, you just wait for it in my life. Oh, you just wait for it because I've been getting alone with the living God. I've been getting alone with my doubts. I've been leaning into friends of my future, people that I can confess and say, hey, I've been struggling in this area of my life, and I'm not trying to dump it on you. I'm trying to share my heart with you you because I've already predetermined in my life. We've already predetermined in our marriage, in our parenting, in our future. The doubt's not going to take us out. That discouragement's not going to take us out. That the delays of life are not going to drive us out from everything that God has for, for our life. So you have to choose. When doubt comes, one of the greatest things in the gifts of Pearl Street Church, it's the friends of your future that you're going to make. It's a small group community that you find yourself in. It's the real friends that actually have the guts to call you out and call you up and call your purpose out of you and draw the gold out of you that encourage you and come alongside of you and have a laugh with you when you're in the pressures of life so you don't escape. The pressure, you remain under the pressure so that your faith is is found real. Because let me tell you, church, what's not tested can't be trusted anyway. Again, where are they at? They said they had the greatest faith. Where are they at? I love people that I'm like, say what you want to say about them. They're just doing what they've always said they were going to do. They're worshiping God. They're serving people. They're loving people. They're living with generosity. They're raising good kids. They're building an honest marriage. They're cultivating faithfulness in their life. Like, I think that sounds like Jesus. And that's what we're here for. So why don't we stand to our feet all over this room? I believe the Spirit of God is in this place. I believe that the purpose and the prophetic calling on your pastors is huge. I believe that the mission and the vision for the future of this church, it's something that every single one of us get called to be a part of. It's something where we need to get refreshed, where we need to let go of the weights and the doubts and the discouragement. And we need to say, God, renew me. God, do something new in me. So, God, that we're ready in the wait, that in the wait we're being developed. So when you say go, God, we're ready to go. We're ready to run. We're ready to take the land that you've called us to do. So all over this place, if you said if there's a doubt, I need to give over to God. There's a a discouraged place in my life. I was once filled with courage, but now I feel discouraged. Would you just lift your hand up so I can say, I want to pray for you. I believe that you're going to encounter God. 
And the same God that you encounter right now, it's the same God you're gonna encounter on Monday and on Tuesday and on Thursday in your car when you're dropping your kids off, when you're going to work. So just begin, lift your hands all over the room. I want you to surrender that place. Surrender that place. Just cry out to him. Say, God, speak to me. Say, God, I need a word from you. Refresh my heart, refresh my soul. Tell God that it can't take you out. Father, you can do whatever you want to do in this place. We make room for you. or success or maybe you found yourself so stuck in shame and in brokenness I've got good news for you today friends we have a savior that says just bring it to me just bring the shame to me just bring the guilt to me bring your perfection to me just bring it all to me I'm enough for you he doesn't look at you in judgment it's almost hard for us to wrap our mind around it as humans. 
because we tend to have ideologies we put on to people but the ideology of our Savior is love it's love he loves you as you are so maybe today's your day but you need to make room for Jesus not as just a person as your Savior Maybe today you said yes to Jesus, you were baptized as a baby, or you had your parents' faith, but you went your own way. And today's your day to say, no, doubt can't take me out. I'm going all in with my faith. I'm going all in with Jesus. And if that's you, we're not gonna call you forward or embarrass you. But I just wanna know who I'm praying for. All over this room, if you need to surrender to the greatest love that you'll ever know, the greatest, most faithful relationship you'll ever have that will fill you up from the inside out, would you just lift your hand just so I can see? All over this room, I can't see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is there anybody else I can't see in the back? But if that's you, just lift your hands to Jesus. It's not for anybody else to see. Oh, man. All of heaven is rejoicing. Now, right now, I want you just to give that shame over to God. Even before we pray, that part of you, that, that part of you that you want to run away from, no, don't hide. You don't have to hide in the presence of God. You can come as you are. We're so proud of you, friends. So we believe here at Pearl Street Church, we believe that we get to do this faith journey together. We believe that sometimes it's messy, but it's real. We believe that we get to come as we are. We can find real friends that will push us forward in our faith. So church family and everyone that's raised their hand, would you repeat this prayer after me? Would you say, dear Heavenly Father, I surrender. I surrender my past, my present, and my future. I give it all over to you. I ask you today to be my Lord, to be my Savior, redeem my life, empower my future. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. And I choose today that I'm not going to let anything take me out from the plans that you have for my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church. Can we celebrate every single person that said yes to Jesus for the first time? Come on, let's celebrate a little louder. All of heaven is rejoicing.